the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Today we're going to return to Hebrews. We're going to be in chapter 4. And again, I will remind you of the context. The author has been demonstrating that Jesus is greater than Moses. And his audience is a small fellowship that is primarily composed of converted Jews. But among them are those who embrace Jesus as Messiah, but not as Savior. And then there are those who haven't accepted Jesus at all. Also, the urgency of this message was the growing apostasy that was among them because there was a persecution going on brought on these converted Jews by the religious leaders. And as I have told you before, that in that culture, if the church was against you, everybody was against you. And these people lost their jobs, they lost their homes, some of them were imprisoned. So it was no small thing, it wasn't like they were being gossiped about. They were literally being cast out, to use a Catholic term, they were being excommunicated. So the author has shown Jesus to be greater than the prophets. He's comparing Christianity to Judaism. So this is why he is taking the route that he's taking. And he compared Jesus to the prophets. He said Jesus is greater, greater than the angels. And in the first six verses of chapter 3 that we just finished, he says that he's greater than Moses, which was quite a statement to the Jewish community. In our last book at Hebrews, we finished up in chapter 3, and the author was warning this Hebrew fellowship concerning the danger of apostasy. He's warning them against unbelief, and there is an urgency expressed at the end of chapter 3 for those who had not yet fully embraced salvation through Christ to commit There was also a warning against apostasy and unbelief. Unbelief will send the lost to hell, but it will sentence the believer to live a hellish life. 
Looking back at chapter 12, I mean verse 12 of chapter 3, we see the author describes an unbelieving heart as a heart which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord. A heart that turns away from the living God. Beware of turning away. And the Greek word there is aphistome, a form of apostasy. It comes from the word that means to stand, histeme, and apo, which indicates distance. So together, that word means to stand off. An apostate is not someone who's actually ignorant of God. It's someone who stands just out of reach. His mind is never fully yielded to the truth. This person adapts his theology to suit his lifestyle. It never really gets close enough to the truth to effect a change. In that regard, they become hardened. And they will make allowances for various strongholds that will never allow them to know the rest of God. Now, this is certainly the condition of the lost religious crowd. However, it is also true of carnal Christians' approach to God. We see it a lot in the church today. Christians who have a casual approach to their relationship with God, who will indulge their flesh in many different ways, who are not committed or passionate about their commitment. They are soulish in their relationship with the Lord, which means basically the mind, will, and emotions. When my emotions are in it, involved, then it's real to me. And when my mind is focused upon it, then it is logical and understandable to me. And when I'm about doing the right things, then I am feeling good about my relationship with God. It's completely soulish. And we don't live Christianity by the soul. We live this life by what? Faith. And in order to do that, I have to deny an unbelieving soul because I have one from time to time, don't you? In order to do that, I have to step out of the convenient. I have to step out of the comfort of my flesh. I have to say, the passion of my life will be Jesus. Regardless, regardless of how my soul may feel about it. But we live in a time when, when feeling good about God is considered worship. But it's not. When thinking about God is considered a, a form of worship, but it's not. When doing for God is considered worship, but it's not. There is only one place of worship. It is a place of faith in Christ Jesus. Because worship comes from spirit and in truth. And there's only one place for that. In Christ. We weren't made for a soulish Christianity. And when we assign ourselves to this type of existence, then it's a hellish roller coaster ride, isn't it? I'm doing good with the Lord as long as the Lord's doing good with me in my, in my emotions. As long as life is treating me right. As long as I have a job. As long as I'm healthy. As long as the things are going right in my life. Then I'm feeling good about my relationship with the Lord. 
But you won't see the joy, the animation of the truth of my life otherwise. It's a soulish Christianity. And as we look at chapter 4, we see a continued exhortation to the Hebrews who have yet to enter into salvation by faith. But there is a call to the dispassionate believer who has made their relationship with the Lord about feelings, convenience, rather than faith that bears the fruit of passionate obedience. Our text today will be Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still remains and is freely offered today, let us fear in case any of you may seem to come short of reaching it or think he has come too late. For indeed, we have had the good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. For we who believe, that is, we who personally trust and confidently rely on God, Enter that rest so that we have his inner peace now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power. Just as he has said, as I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This he said, though although his works were completed from the foundation of the world, waiting for all those who would believe. God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Now, as I mentioned before, our, our principal subject will be entering his rest. And this, again, is first and foremost an invitation to Hebrews who have not yet committed by faith to receive Jesus. And as I said earlier, this is a continuation of a warning that began in chapter 3, verse 7. And the illustration that the author will be continually referencing is the history of Israel in the Old Testament. It is a history that these Hebrews would be very familiar with. Israel would not trust God. They would follow Moses when it was in their best interest to do so. They would be happy to accept God's blessing and protection, but they would not trust God or Moses. The issue is unbelief, and it is still an issue among the lost and to some degree believers. The rest spoken of here is a Greek word, and it is katapulsis, and it means to put to rest. Okay, In context, the context that we're talking about, it's talking about a rest from wandering. A rest from wandering. It's not about a location or escape from your enemies. It's about resting in faith, trusting your God, or a confidence in the word of God or what God has spoken It's the same word used in Psalm 95, which we looked at last time. In Psalm 95, it refers to entering into Canaan, a land where God would establish and affirm them as a nation and secure them. And there they discovered that you cannot enter into God's rest apart from faith. 
That was the big issue. They got to the line, and the only way they could cross it was by faith. So therefore, they refused to enter in to God's rest. Now understand this. In the Old Testament illustration, we're talking about moving from one place to another. From God's point of view, entering into his rest is to take the culmination of all that he has revealed to them about himself. His past history of of deliverance and faithfulness, of provision and goodness to them. His continued manifestation of love and desire to make them his own. In the revelation of that, in the truth of that, they would enter into rest with him saying, we have a God and he will be our salvation. We'll go forward in that. That is the rest. The rest is not dependent on their ability to defeat these warlike giants. Because as we said last time, that wouldn't have happened. Only God could do that. The rest was in the God who had delivered them. They, like David, could say, My God delivered me from drought. My God delivered me from starvation. My God delivered me from the wrath of the Egyptians. My God delivered us from the Red Sea. And they they made psalms and they sang these things over and over again. But yet they were empty words. They never fully embraced it. So they got to that line where God says, okay, do you trust me? And how many times do we come to that line? The same God that has brought you to this place. The same God who has delivered you over and over and over and over again. Who protects you in ways that you cannot even comprehend. Who holds you together by the word of his power. Who is literally going before you in all things. Who has established you according to who you are as a new creation. The God who gave what is most precious to him. His very son for your life. The God who has bestowed upon you every blessing in Christ Jesus. And we stand before him and he says, will you trust me? And we say, no, you know, uh, wait a minute. Uh, Lord, I could trust you if, if I could just get this job. Lord, I could trust you if I could just, you know, have a little more strength in my body. Lord, I could trust you if, if you could just take care of this nagging problem I'm dealing with. And we refuse to enter into his rest. And that is its own reward. When we refuse to enter into his rest, what's the opposite of rest? Well, we immediately want the rest of the world, don't we? Well, you know, the problem is I need to take vacation. I need, you know what, I just need a good long weekend. I just need to be able to escape my kids for a little bit. I just need for my job to settle down. And quit putting so much pressure on me. You're living like you're not a new creation. Yes, those things cause stress in the soul. Yes, those things vex us. Yes, those things are a problem to us. But we do not stand in the flesh. We declare the truth over those things. I am a new creation. Everything for me is yea and amen. I walk in the blessing of God. The difficulties of this life are nothing more than a provocation of my faith to manifest the fullness of the glory of God in my life. I will believe it. I determine to believe it. 
Israel would not trust God. They discovered you cannot enter into God's rest apart from faith. The rest of God is for those who would believe Jesus. The rest of God is Jesus. He is the rest, and it's a rest only the redeemed of the Lord can know. When we enter into Christ, we enter into his rest. And if you are a child of God, you have entered in. But it is only experienced by faith. It is only known by those who determine to know and to live by the Spirit as a spiritual being rather than according to the flesh. Living to the true definitions, the definitions that apply only to the new creation. And I want to tell you, that is, that is the blessing. Because now love is no longer defined by how I feel or how somebody feels about me. Love is defined by him who can do nothing else but love. That, that unconditional love that says, I love you because I am God. How about that? And peace. A peace that does not float on circumstances, but passes all understanding. I have peace because I have the prince of peace. And I can be satisfied. I can be at rest no matter what circumstance I'm in. Paul says, I've learned to be content no matter where I'm at. How many of you could say that sitting in the bottom of, of a dungeon, chained to a soldier, beaten with rods, whipped? Oh, you say, well, that's Paul. I mean, you know, we're talking about Paul. Paul was a new creation. Guess what? The same substance of his life indwells you. It is the substance of your life. This is how I know, no matter what the world brings against us, it can only limit us when we choose to be limited. It can only steal rest when rest is based in something other than who we are. It can only steal hope when hope is based in something other than Jesus. It can only steal joy when joy is defined by something other than Jesus. The rest of God is for those who would believe in Jesus. We have entered into Christ. We have entered into his rest. This is the truth of us, but we only experience it by faith. Rest means this for us. Rest means to cease from living to the flesh or the world. Rest means to cease from living to the flesh or the world. It is not striving. It is the natural state of the new creation. Let me ask you a question. Do you consider breathing a duty or a chore? Do you? Is the constant beating of your heart tedious and rather boring? Do you ever want to be delivered from those things? The new creation has that rest, has that peace, has that joy as a constant natural function within them because it is the constant provision of the presence of Christ. Rest for the new creation is a state of being that we enjoy the fruit of when we determine to live by faith. We still our soul by faith. We quiet our mind by believing. 
A change of circumstances will not do this. I found that even in the beauty of Hawaii, my soul could be troubled. I figured that out. You say, well, how could that happen? Well, it did. Even in Hawaii, I watched people who seemed to have it all consume great amounts of alcohol, get angry with one another, become anxious, reject one another. You see, circumstance did not change their need for something that was unchangeable. God's life, Christ's life. You've been placed in the rest of union with God. No more wandering about, looking for peace, looking for significance. Do you ever find yourself wandering? Wandering is, is kind of like wondering. Wandering says, you know, there's got to be something better. Wandering says, I just haven't come across the solution yet. Wandering says, if I just push a little harder, I'll have it. Wandering says, if they would push a little harder, I'd have it. Right? All of that wandering that is based in this temporal world, that is based in your flesh or the flesh of man, all of that wandering, God ceases to put an end to. We don't wander as children of God. We walk in confidence. Well, you say, I could be confident if I knew what was going to happen. (laughs) That's not faith. That's not faith. Walking in confidence is entering into the rest of God that says, I am in his presence. I am blessed of him. I am in the plan of God. I know all things work together for my good. I know no matter what I encounter, it will not come towards me except that God allows me and then only for the great and glorious revelation that my God is so much greater than my circumstance. Verse 4 tells us, Therefore, while the promise of entering is, I mean, verse 1, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still remains and is freely offered today, let us fear in case any one of you may seem to come short of reaching it or think he has come too late. The author tells them to be afraid of failing to believe and refusing to enter into his rest. In the illustration of Israel, Israel refused to enter into the rest of their God's will concerning him. They refused to enter into his faithfulness, the rest of his faithfulness, the rest of his protection. For the Hebrews, it is failing to enter into the rest of the Savior. There was a promise that Israel turned their backs on in the wilderness. For Israel, the rest would have been theirs. The rest that would have been theirs was rejected because of unbelief. And here's the thing you've got to remember. The promise was not removed. The promise was not conditional. The promise of the Abrahamic covenant that through the seed of Abraham the world would be blessed is still open As long as you draw breath upon this earth, as long as it is called today, the promise remains open. Galatians 3.8 says, The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, proclaimed the good news of the Savior to Abraham in advance with this promise, saying, In you, 
shall all the nations be blessed. Israel wanted peace, and so does every man, right? But they had wrongly defined what peace was. And they had tried to create peace with God themselves, their own way. Like Eve in the garden, we have desired to make it our own way. We set ourselves and others as our hope of peace, our hope of rest. Israel had forgotten that God, the God of their salvation. They'd failed to recognize his faithfulness, his deliverance. Theirs was a temporal, self-centered, soulish view of God. Like Psalm 73, they needed to return to the sanctuary and remember. Unbelief is not rest. Unbelief is sin. And to live in unbelief is to indulge in a sinful separation from the truth and live in captivity. Did you know that? When you refuse to trust God for who he says he is, maybe it's not overt. Maybe it's you just siding with the condition of your soul. Maybe it's you just embracing the way you feel or your circumstances. But when you do, you literally begin to operate in unbelief and everything takes on that shadow, doesn't it? Suddenly, the way you see yourself and others is now changed. And you are living, not in so much in individual sins, but in the sin of unbelief, in the sin of your personal separation from God. Now, we know there can be no separation between you and the Father, but we also know you can live in separation, right? You can live in the perception of separation. And many people choose it. In this day and age, it is so easy to be distracted. The enemy comes up with a new distraction every moment. And they're all so important, aren't they? Part of living in belief is to put your belief before your circumstances. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.